trepidation, but expectation to have an encounter with you. I pray, Lord, we never take these moments for granted. No, Lord, whether it's in this building, whether it's in these meetings, whether it's in encounter nights, or whether it's in our car, or whether it's in the shower, whether wherever we are, Lord God, that we have that same heart to want to have an encounter with you, Lord, to have expectation to hear from you, to hear from Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Holy Spirit, speak into our hearts, into our spiritual minds. Sharpen the edges of the sword of the Spirit in our lives, Lord. So, Father, that God, that one thing would never be never be blunt. And that is the sword of the Spirit in our life. And that helmet of salvation should never come off. That armour is 24-7 armour. It's never to be taken off. So God, today I praise this word comes. The Lord, it does sharpen us like a double-edged sword. Father, that it does give us encouragement. That Father, it does challenge us a little. But most of all, Lord, that it lifts you up as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that we would be hungry to grow, not to be on milk for the rest of our lives, but to be chewing on the meat of God. Change us, God. Make us malleable in your hands as the potter and we are the clay. Holy Spirit, soften within us those things that are brittle where we think we know everything where we think Lord God that Father we have it all together and we don't Father by the word of your spirit touch us here in this place today in Jesus' name we're all set Amen, Amen bless you, you may be seated and good news is I think my ears unblocked praise the Lord what a, what a great testimony that is. You know, the Word says where two or more gather together, and you might look around and see empty seats, but the Spirit of God is here. And there just has to be one person hungry to receive, and He will speak. I want to thank Tyson for stepping out in faith today. I want to thank the bank. We give Louise and the team a big hand for their praise and worship today. They've just such, done such an incredible job. Um, as Andrew mentioned, our, um, it's so exciting about our new way of listening to podcasts. Um, I'm not continuing on with the inspiration gifts today, which next week will be on tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And that will be the end of the inspiration gifts. And then we go on to the power gifts, which is pretty exciting. Um, but today I want to talk about, and, and Andrew's got a slide for me today, there today called faith-filled tests. So why are tests faith-filled? <laughs> because we can't get through without faith. Amen. Jesus couldn't have got through the wilderness without faith and without the fact that he knew who God was. And he knew the whole word of God, of course, because he's part of the Trinity. He's part of the, the God uh, of the threefold Godhead and uh, as the one God. And the thing is, is that we, we all go through those faith field tests. And it's important that, you know, today I hope this really speaks to you. Don't switch off because I'm sure you'll get something out of this today. You know, the, and I'm, I haven't got scriptures today, so if you've got your electronics, have them out ready on your favourite um, translation. 
Um, it doesn't matter what translation you read today, you will be blessed. But I just really wanted you, it to, if you just want to hear me preach and speak that scripture into your spirit, I'm happy with that as well. Sometimes I think having it up on the screen distracts us because we, we don't hear what the Spirit is saying when we're reading it. But I encourage you, you know, start bringing a Bible, start taking notes, start doing all those sorts of things because, you know, God may give you a ream of word from anyone who preaches on this platform and you might actually go, wow, that's, that's something that spoke to me today and what it was and be able to reflect on that. Just like it, journaling is really good for us um, and just continuing on and growing in our faith. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but I can listen to a sermon, go home and I, I, I can't remember. could just be menopausal brain, but I, I just can't remember it. You know what I mean? So it's good for us to be, be taking notes either on our devices or, or some paper notes is a great idea and bringing our Bibles is really important. So the Bible says in Matthew 9.29, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. Do you know that? According to your faith, it'll be done unto you in Matthew 9.29. You know, that's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. So what are you expecting God to do in your life? What are you expecting God to do in your life? Because according to your faith, it'll be done unto you. So what are you expecting God to do in your life? This is the law that God has established. It's called the law of expectation. <laughs> the law of expectation. The fact is we tend to get what we expect out of life. And that is true. We tend to see what we expect to see. We tend to hear what we expect to hear. And we tend to feel the way we expect to feel. We inevitably accomplish what we expect, what we're going to accomplish. This is the law of faith. God says you get to choose. Because according to your faith, it'll be done unto you. You know, another important verse on faith in the Bible, and there's many of them, is Hebrews, who knows, 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, we have parents in this room today. Put your hands up if you're a parent, okay? We have parents here. And how many of you are pleased when your children trust you? I know Henry's a little bit young to... He does trust his mummy and daddy though, you know, he gets changed, he gets bath, he gets fed, he goes to swimming, you know, like he trusts his parents already, you know. You know, our God, he's the same way. God is our heavenly father and God is pleased when we trust him. You know, I heard an amazing message the other week because I'm always trying to fill my spiritual store bank and I heard a great message about, you know, she would say whenever she travelled through something, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. And that just sat in my spirit. So over the last week or so where things have sort of, you know, busy and out of control, I just centre myself in God and I say, God, I trust you. Because I know the promises of the word of God are yes and amen in my life. And I know that God would not put me through any test or trial that I could not withstand. So I say, God, I trust you. I trust you. That's why the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. We need to trust him. We need to trust that if we take things into our own hands, it doesn't necessarily turn out the way God ever wanted it. And we have, you know, consequences 
to deal with because we didn't trust that he's a God that has our best interests at heart and we didn't have faith that he knows better than what we do. You know, you can obey God. We all can. You can do the right thing and still not be pleasing God because you're not doing it in faith. Believing that he is in the outcome. So it's important to learn how to live expectantly as you learn to live by faith. In, uh, whatever is not of, uh, uh, in Romans 14, 23, it says, Whatever is not of faith is sin. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Wow, that really speaks to me. Because that's true. We should talk about how do we grow in our faith? Because that is true. In Luke 17, 5, the apostle said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. When was the last time you said to God, increase my faith? Because I, I, you know, I encourage you as soon as you say that, tests will come. Tests are going to come in your life anyway. It doesn't matter. They happen every you, we, we are tested every day. The enemy's sitting there like a prowling lion. He's just waiting to devour you and me. And the truth is, tests will come, but God never puts you through a test. You can't have a testimony on because you can walk through with faith and trust Him. So Lord, increase our faith. So how do we do that? I'd like to have more faith. I know you'd like to have more faith. If that's what pleases God, then I want to have more of it. If that's what pleases God, I want as much faith as I can get. I want to be able to say to that Muhammad mountain, you will move and it will get up on its legs and shift. The question is, how do we do it? If faith is what makes my life rewarding and fulfilling and confident, how does God build my faith? How does he build your faith? Faith is like a muscle. heard this a long time ago. In order for it to grow and strengthen, it must be tested none of us like a test but the thing is you can't avoid them you can be like a bit of an emir or an ostrich and shove your head in the sand but you're still going to have to deal with it eventually and sometimes that testing is under great load very much like my son at the moment who's not in the room who's now bought himself a uh, weightlifting belt and intends to lift over 200 kilos justin where is he it's not here hopefully he'll um He's bought the belt so his back doesn't break. (laughs) Anyway, another story. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you take vitamins for it to get more faith? No. Is there some kind of therapy you go through to have your faith built? No. Is there some webinar or training session that's going to build your faith? Well, hmm, not really. Here's a secret. And it's not really something you're excited about when you first hear it. But the truth is, God builds your faith and my faith by testing it. He builds our faith by putting it to the test, by trying it. Faith, as I've said, is like a muscle when it's stretched and it's pulled, then it develops, it heals. When you test your muscles against weights, then your weights develop, sorry, your muscles develop and you eventually get to lift your loads and your faith develops as it is tested once you know you can lift that you know once my boys all go on a gym at the moment I think pretty much when they know they can lift a certain weight and they can do it easy what do they do they don't go oh, I think I'm going to stay in this comfortable 10 kilo that'd be me um this comfortable 
zone, they, they say, oh, let, let's pump it up. Let's pump it up. You know, next thing you know, they're trying to pop and the veins are popping out of their neck and out of their brain and, you know, stuff's oozing out of them as they're trying to lift these heavy loads. Sorry, that was probably a bit graphic. But the truth is, it is. If you ever watch weightlifters, they don't just go, you know, it's like, they've got to sock themselves up to do it. And anyway, so you don't develop your faith just sitting on your blessed assurance in church. Oh, that's a bit tough. Well, you know what? It's true. James 1.3 says this, The testing of your faith develops perseverance so that you may be mature and complete. He says the purpose of these tests is that our faith, our perseverance will grow and we'll be, we will be mature and complete. Job says the same thing, speaking from the experience in Job 7, 17 to 18. In Job 7, 17 to 18, it says this, What is the man that you make so much of him and that you give him so much attention and that you examine him every morning and test him every moment? Did you realize that God is testing your every moment of your life? Life is a test and it is a temporary assignment and it's all about trust. Your life here on earth is temporary. And it is all about trust. These are the facts of life. Every moment of the day, your faith is being tested. In fact, all this week it was tested. And all next week your faith is going to be tested. You cannot avoid it. Every day you have faith-building opportunities. The problem is most of us don't recognize them when they're there. We flunk the test because we don't even realize it is a test and that God is trying to help us grow because we want to avoid the load. So if God wants me to live by faith and and if God builds my faith by testing it, then the natural question is how does God do it? I want to give you four ways this morning that God tests our faith so that you'll be aware of them. Actually, there are more than these, but I just want to cover the most common. These are the four most common ways that God tests and builds our faith, I believe. You'll probably get tested on every one of them this week. Better count on it. In fact, you'll probably have them at some point, sometimes in a day. But number one, the first one I want to talk to you about is God tests our faith through difficulties. Life is not a box of chocolates. Well, we might think that there's different ways of looking at life, but let me tell you, they're not chocolate-covered goodies. They taste sweet and are yummy. He tests our faith through difficulties. That's trials, problems, pressures, tough circumstances, all the stresses of life. 1 Peter 1, 6-7, it says this, For a little while you, you have had to suffer great and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. You see, you will go through tests not to make you fail, but to reveal how great 
our God is and that his glory is found through you and your trust and your faith in him. You know, that is a powerful verse. The trials and the problems and the difficulties that come into your life come to test your faith and to prove your faith. That refining fire that comes over your life that you feel sometimes you will not withstand because you are blistered from head to toe is there to prove your God is great. Nothing ever happens by accident in life of a follower of Jesus Christ. It's never an accident. You know, everything is father filtered. Do you know that? You know, but please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that God plans all the bad things that has ever happened to you or the disappointments you've had. That's not his plan. He doesn't have to. We live in a broken world with broken things that go on around us all the time, with struggles and suffering and pain and death. A lot of problems we bring on ourselves and, and things like that. A lot of the things we can bring on ourselves and a lot of problems other people bring on us and we're the innocent victim. We haven't even said or done things. But I am saying, but what I'm saying today is that nothing comes into your life if you're a child of God. Nothing comes into your life without God's permission. It couldn't happen without God's permission. Exactly like he did with Job. The enemy asked Job to sift Job like wheat. God knew he could handle it. There are no accidents in the Christian life. There are no accidents in life. Of co- I mean, of course there are. You see it all the time. I saw these two people reverse into one another at um, Ranella Car Park the other day. And, and I felt like going, having some sort of in- supernatural, incredible power just to go, to stop them from doing it, because I could see it happening uh, and yell out or something, but I was probably from here, just beyond that wall, and I, I was like, oh no, this is going to end. Of course, they reversed into one another. But God uses them. He uses the things we go through. Our disappointments are God's appointments. Our disappointments are God's appointments in our life, where testimony can flow of His goodness and how He's come through for us. Sometimes God has to custom make a problem to teach us faith and to test us. Jonah had a custom made problem. It swallowed him up and got his attention, didn't he? (laughs) Sometimes God creates problems that swallow you up, that swallow me up. You say, there's nothing else to look at except the Lord. I'm not sure that's the way Jonah felt. In fact, in Jonah 2.7, the Bible says, When I lost all I once again, oh, when I lost all I once again, turned my thoughts to God. When I lost all, once again, sorry, I'll put in the right comma. When I lost all, once again, I turned my thoughts to God. God uses these kinds of things to test our faith. You know, notice in 1 Peter 1.6-7, it says, All kinds all kinds that I read before. If life were easy, then it wouldn't require any faith. And we wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't need God. If you could feel God all the time, then you just go by your feelings. Sometimes God removes his feelings, the feelings of his presence. So you can learn to trust, I can learn to trust him in the difficulties we face. 
in this temporary life. We learn about this when we, we did the whole John Bevere. The, um, we did, last year we did um, The Wilderness by John Bevere and the book is God, Where Are You? We learned about that, that even though we feel God is not there, He is even more so there than what we can feel. Here's a great verse when you're going through tough times. Isaiah 48, 10. Isaiah 48, 10. Indeed, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested and chosen you in the furnace of affliction. Isaiah 48, 10. Indeed, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested and chosen you in the furnace of affliction. So what is the furnace of affliction? You've been there. I've been there. It's when the heat's on. It's when the heat's on and it's when the real test is happening. How are you doing in that whole furnace of affliction thing? Man, it's, sometimes it's not that easy. Are you feeling the heat right now in your life? Are you under affliction right now? Have you felt it in the past week? Are you under pressure? Is it getting a little hot under the collar? The Bible frequently compares our problems and difficulties to a furnace. The furnace of a refiner's fire who heats it up so high that the gold and silver melt and all the impurities are burned away. You know, I read about an old silversmith who, who once asked, how do you know when the impurities are burned away in the silver? He said, when I can see my reflection in the silver. You know, when God can see his reflection in you, then he knows that the impurities in your and my life have been burned away. That's a test. So what should I do when I'm going through difficulties? How should I respond? You know, the Bible tells us when the problems come that God's trying to test my faith in James 1, 2 to 3. He says this, Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. He says when you've got a problem, relax. Take a deep breath. I trust you, God. It's true. In fact, he says, rejoice. Take it easy. Thank God. He has a purpose for your and my life, and he's going to get you through it. God's purpose is greater than the pain or the problem or the difficulty of what any one of us in the room or, or whoever's listening on this podcast is going through right now. This is the first lesson. If we want to learn to live by faith, we must learn to rejoice continually. Praise him. Give him gratitude. James said, consider it all, it all joy when you go through problems. Notice he doesn't say, be thankful for the problems. Oh, thank you, God, for that massive problem. He doesn't say that. God doesn't expect you to thank him for bad things in your life. Like if you get cancer, you don't say, thank you, God, for the cancer. No, of course not. It says, but be thankful in the problem because he is working in and through that problem and he will get you through that problem. Now, we must learn to rejoice in the situation continually if 
we're going to learn to live by faith. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. That means all the time, by the way, when it says always, that is a definition of always, all the time. And again, I say rejoice because God uses difficulties. He turns our disappointments into his appointment in our life for a testimony. Can you, can you grab that for a minute? And he tests our faith and he builds it. Not in the easy times of life, not when things are cruisy and everything's going perfect, but in the most difficult, heart-wrenching moments of life. You know, and then number two. So not only does God test our faith through difficulties, God tests our faith through demands. He asks us to do things that we might think are seemingly impossible. I can't do that. Like, you know, Moses, go to Egypt, speak to Pharaoh, that man that was your father, and tell him to release my people. I've got to stutter. Blah, 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 blah. I can't do this. Fine, well, I'll give you an Aaron. And he will speak for you, but you will still go. He asks us to do things that are seemingly impossible, but he knows are possible because he's a God that makes them possible. There are in just the New Testament, do you know what? In the New Testament, there are 1,050 commands for believers to obey. 1,050 commands just in the New Testament for us to obey. All of these commands, some of them seem unreasonable. I don't want to do that. You can't make me like a child to a parent. Some of them seem so inconvenient. Why should I love my, my neighbor or my enemy as myself when they're an enemy? Because God said, regardless, love is the key to everything. God is love. Some of them do seem even downright impossible. So what do you do when you have an impossible command that feels like a demand? You can't demand like a young child, you know. No, you can't do that. Why not? Well, because I told you. No, it's true. We challenge our parents every day of our lives when we're younger. So when they are there, you realize they are there to test yours and my faith. When you have a command and it seems like I can't do that, the issue at that moment is, who am I going to believe? Who is it I'm going to trust? Am I going to believe what God says to do or am I going to believe what I think is right to do? All of the promises, all of the commands are there to test us. Some of them may seem simple at first, but when you look at them, they can seem demanding. A command like, don't worry about anything. Anybody here in the room struggle with that one? Don't worry about anything. That can be a tough one. Or a command like, do good to your enemies. Or forgive other people. Or be thankful in everything. Even the difficulties, be thankful. Man. Every time, every time God gives us a command in the Bible it is a demand that is placed on our life and it's a test. 
Like confess your faults to one another. Come on. Let's go. Confess your faults to one another. Because we all have them. None of us in this room are Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. But we all have faults. And that's okay. Because God loves us anyway. He doesn't want robots. That's a test. Is to confess your faults to one another. The test is, am I going to trust what God says to do, what he says is right, or am I going to trust my own opinion, what I think is right in my own eyes? There are literally hundreds of examples in the Bible of people that God said, do this, and they trusted him, they had faith, and even though it didn't make sense to them, even though it seemed impossible to them, they did it. The people of Israel, on their way from Egypt, where they'd been in captivity to the promised land, God put a demand on their life, something like a demand called manna. It was a blessing, great blessing, but there was a demand put on it and this was it. It was, it, it was actually more of a command. Manna, you remember, was the bread-like substance that fell from the sky, flaky stuff, that fed all the people of Israel in the wilderness. They had to go out each morning to gather enough to eat and God said, here's the command. All you can get is enough for one day. One day. Exodus 16, 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will cause bread to rain from heaven for you. The people shall go out and gather a a day's portion every day so that I may test them to determine whether or not they will walk obediently, this is the wordy Bible, in my instruction, my law. Now there were all kinds of reasons why that command didn't make any sense. Just enough for today, today, why can't I gather enough for a whole week? It's way more productive. This is what they would have been thinking. It would be more convenient that way. It'd be better use of my time that way. I could, I could make a mud hut if I want to. But I, instead I have to go out every day and gather up my manna. Just enough for that one day. What if I got sick tomorrow and I couldn't go out and collect my manna? Do I starve? What if I trip and hit my head on a rock and a snake bites me? I mean, that could have happened, right, in the wilderness? There's all kinds of reasons why I need more than two days' worth, God. Why can't I do it? But that wasn't the point. The point wasn't, does it make sense to you and me? The point was, I want to test you so that you trust me in a day-to-day way. God wanted them to trust him in a day-to-day way, to follow his commands. I want to grow your faith, he said to them. That was the point, that I will deliver to you every day, not only food for your body, but your soul. It's a lesson for us today. Often God asks us to do the impossible. Why? He wants to grow our faith. You know, a guy by the name of Abraham, he wasn't just any guy, he's pretty special, Abraham. You remember this story, Abram? He was 75 years old. He was about to hang it up, retire. And God said, I want you to take it down. I want to take you out somewhere to make a difference in this world. I want to go somewhere where you, I want you to go somewhere you've never been. You don't even know where you're going. Abraham says, where exactly am I going? God says, I'll tell you. How am I going to get there? 
I'll show you. How will I know when I get there? When you get there, I'll tell you, you've gotten there. How many of us have an experience like that on occasions with God when we're obedient? How would you do with a command like that? Pack up your whole house, everything you own, and leave to somewhere you don't know where you're going, to somewhere you don't, won't know when you get there, and to somewhere I'll tell you when you get there and I'll show you you're in the right space. We might say, God, could I Google that place first? I'll put it in my maps. I'd like to check it out. Make sure they've got a good supermarket. You know, nice area. No vandalism. You know, and, and get the point of direction at least. Then God, then I'll follow what you want me to do. Faith is often a risk. When it's a risk, it means you can't understand it all in advance. Why would God do that? He's not just interested in making us comfortable, helping us to see all the directions and points on a map. He's wanting to test and grow our faith. So in the Bible, it says in Hebrews 11:8, by faith, Abraham obeyed. And what did he do? He went. A guy by the name of Noah. God comes to Noah one day and says, Noah, I've got a demand. I want you to build an ark. Now remember, Noah lived in the middle of the desert. And God says, I want you to build an ark because there's going to be a flood. The Bible says that until that time, it had never rained. So go and build an ark, Noah, because it's going to rain. Really? Water came up from the ground as a mist. It didn't come from the sky. It had never rained. And God says, Noah, I want you to build an ark because it's going to rain. Would you build an ark in the middle of the desert when you've never seen rain and never seen a flood just because God says so? Well, Noah did, as we know. And the Bible says, by faith, he did what? Noah built that ark. God tests our faith. He does it through difficulties, but he also does it through demands. These demands that he makes, these, these are demands he makes on our lives so that we trust him more and we trust, we continually trust him through everything. We do it because we want to trust him. So what's the lesson with this one? If I want to learn to live by faith, I must learn to not only rejoice continually, I have to learn to obey immediately. Obey immediately. When God says it, I do it. Whether I understand it or not, we need to be doing it. Whether it makes sense to me or to us or not, we need to be doing it. Because I know, we know, it's what God asks of us to do. That's the test of faith. When God tells you to do what, when God tells you to do it in the Bible, then you do it. That When people were told to do things in the Bible, they trusted God. Well, most of them did. This is where you hear from God all the time in the Word. In the Word. You know, there's a lot of people who want to speak for God. Have you noticed that? God's voice in your life. No. You hear Him in His Word. You hear Him as He has breathed that inspirational breath and that word of life in the Holy Bible. When God says it, do it. You hear it clearly in the Bible, then you act on it. You obey immediately. 
You may get an audible voice. Test it on the word though. God says he tests our faith first through difficulties, second through demands. I'm just looking at the time and I actually might finish today because I have God tests our faith through dollars and he tests our faith through delays. So I want to do that next week. I don't want to rush this today. But have you enjoyed that so far? That our, our, our faith is full of faith-filled tests. And how we handle those tests will determine the outcome in our life. And we're not going to get it right all the time. It's not always easy. The thing is, when we trust God and we put our full faith in Him, He leads us through and out and into our promise. Will you stand with me today as we pray? I'll finish that next week. So I won't be doing finishing off the um, spiritual one next week. I just didn't want to rush it.